This is As of Late Podcast. I'm your boy Titus. I got my boy E with me as always. What's good? And we got a special guest with us. We got Mrs. E with us. Hello, world. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. How are you doing, Miss E? Doing pretty good today. Glad to have you on the podcast with us. How's everyone feeling? How's everyone's Sunday been? Uh, it's been okay, man. You know, <laughs> you can let it out now, man. It's you been it's, it it's been okay. Getting ready for the work week. Not looking forward to a lot of things for the work week. We had some uh, issues before we even got in this room, too. Not us in particular, but you already know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Punctuality is key, folks. Punctuality is key. We'll leave it at that. And he <laughs> got his other stuff going on. But, you know, we going we to – that was a, what's like a wave. Like that wave is gone, so we, we floating now. Oh, yeah, so, man. Nothing know. but positive energy. Remember I had hit you up the other night. Like I'm tired of dealing with this negativity and being around negative people. Like, you know – we pretty vibe off of people. I don't want to give my negative energy to you. You be like, ah, oh, we got E on the podcast today. He on that bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 gonna get this one. This is gonna be a good one. Energy is very key, dude. Like energy, like that old expression, like you can cut the tension with a knife. Is true. Yeah, it's like you'll see somebody from a distance laughing, and like you'll be like, damn, what are they laughing at? And that's contagious. And it's, you'll see somebody crying, it'd be contagious as well. And it's certain people that I be around that will make me laugh, and I be like, damn it. Have you ever been in class? You probably have. You probably even at Independence. But I was at UNC Charlotte, and I remember this one guy. God forgive me. We had a professor who used to stutter, mm-hmm. and, and he was a foreign professor, right? And he was stuttering on the word Walmart, mm-hmm. and my homeboy lost it. And like the whole row we sat on started laughing. I had to get up and leave the room because I knew once he started laughing. It was going to be a rap for me. Mm-hmm, and I'm yeah. one of them dudes, like, if something funny, I hate it. Like, I'm the worst. Like, if you fall or something, I will start laughing. <laughs> I will yeah. check on you, but I can't hold my laughs. I'm like, I'm, I'm horrible when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. I used to walk away, like, like even, like, I have a perfect example. Like, I was at the gym last week, and this woman, st- <laughs> this woman <laughs> tripped up. We were, like, going to a machine, and I just walked the other way. Like, like I wasn't even looking at it. But in my mind, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hate that feeling. You be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hurt. I was hurting in that shit. I feel you. Yep. Well, Mrs. E, we got you on the podcast uh, today with us. Um, why don't you let us know where exactly are you from? Um, born and raised in Greensboro. Okay, the borough. Borough three three six stand up. Hey. Um. Then um came to Charlotte in two thousand six. Started UNC Charlotte and been here ever since. Word word. Mm-hmm. Now Greensboro. That's like that's like an hour and some change away from us, right? Yeah, about an hour thirty. You still got family over there? Yeah, so my mom, my dad, and my sister are both all, all three up there. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. You the youngest? The oldest. The oldest. Yep. That's what's up. <laughs> I now I'm the youngest, <laughs> and you're the only child. Nah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm the youngest. It's only me and my um older sister. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um. I've never talked to somebody who's been the oldest. How oh. how how has that aspect been? How was that growing up being the oldest? Um, all the responsibility falls on you mm-hmm. as the oldest child. Um, and then me and my sister have um an almost nine year age gap. Really? Yeah. So and my mom was older when she had my sister. <clears throat> excuse me. So I was always taking care of my sister. Like. Mm. Uh, the default babysitter. Oh, I got something to do this weekend. Okay, but so do I. Okay, I don't. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Um, and 
when I started high school, so when I started ninth grade, my sister was starting kindergarten. Wow. So it's like a, a huge age disparity there. And so it always felt like a, somebody tagging along at all times. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it, it hasn't until been until like recently that we've actually become like more like friends. Yeah. Instead of like having that like, oh, you, you're just my baby sister kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but really all the responsibility, you are the person who's supposed to be the one that is the shining example of what everybody should do. Yeah. Um, you get all the ass whoopings. <laughs> like my sister gets no ass whoopings. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of my homegirls. She's the oldest of six. Mm. And so even the difference between. Um, her and then her sister that falls under her, which is a five-year age gap, is different. And then as it trickles down to, like, the last child, her mom is just like, oh, yeah, you just exist. Because yeah. everybody, <laughs> all the other siblings are just responsible for her. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's just how it is as an older child. Mm. You remind me a lot of my older sister, uh, Sharon, that stays in Virginia now. That's why I asked that because I – I'm I'm like a surprise baby. Like mm. by the time I'm the youngest boy, and so by the time I was born, like my mom's tubes were tied and burnt. Like I wasn't oh. even supposed to be born. Like she was done with kids, and so it's a ten year gap between me and the one closest to me. Mm. And so every everything you're telling me reminds me of my older sister and my <laughs> older brother because my older sister, um, she was already like she she was pretty much. I grew up with her because mm. my mom she was a single parent. She was raising all of us. Right. And so um, she was really the designated, like, babysitter. She would cook for us, and uh, the other sister would take turns back and forth. And my brother, as I got older, like, when we were younger, we hated each other mm-hmm. because, like, I was always, like, trying to follow the leader. Like, I didn't have, like, the male figure, so I would – my 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 uh, and E knows this. My examples of leader, male leaders were, like – Either gangsters, Tupac Shakur, or my older brother. And so <laughs> I would try to follow him everywhere. And he'd be like, man, go back to the house, man. Right, like, right. just killing his vibe. But as we got older, we on fought. We on, we on cried together, fought together, loved on each other. And now that's, that's he's one of my roommates. That's my best friend. And that didn't come but through time. And so you, you, you're a perfect example of that, being like the older child and, like, seeing the younger one going through every stage like you literally watch someone grow yes yeah that's crazy like to see. i look at her and i'm like dang you a whole grown person and yeah like, that has to be well from you like babysitting her right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now he's over here shaking his head what are you shaking your head about e <laughs> i love uh your sister <laughs> she, she's funny though I love shout her. out to the younger sis i feel you younger sis i'm a youngin i'm a youngin myself but oh, see yeah. i think one of the things that you got as younger siblings, y'all don't hear all the time. Is also like, um, you know, y'all always spend all the time looking up to your older sibling, but then we always looking down at y'all. Like, we're proud of y'all too to mm. see what you, like we can. I can see what my limitations are, and then I can see how you saw those limitations and then made it as potential to grow mm. and be something better. Yeah, so. that's that's a great way to put it as well. Me and my brother talk about that all the time, like the stuff that he did that because I'm very I'm a I'm social when need be. But for the most part, I'm very um, to myself um, and I'm very observant. You know, I'm very observant. I'm not one to talk before unless I know what's really going on. And that's how I was with all of their lives, being the youngest one. I, I seen their trials and errors. 
I, all right, this, uh, I don't know if I want to have kids. Like, on some, right. you know, <laughs> I've seen this, like, okay, this is how I should do this. Maybe I should start saving credit first, you know, or building credit. You know, so you go through these trials and errors, and that's one advantage that the youngin does have. As we got older, he was like, you know, like, I'm a prime example of stuff, bro. Take my life and better yourself in that situation. Yeah. And, like, it's now it's to the level where it's iron strapping iron. Like, I love him as a parent. I love him as what he's become from remembering him back in the day, teenage him to how he is now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and so we it's just a balancing act. Like we're just hyping each other up. Teamwork yeah. now. Teamwork makes the dream work. For real. Yeah. So how did you two meet? <laughs> uh, all right. He was like, You wanna go? Or <laughs> you know I had to ask this. I, I, I couldn't wait for this episode. <laughs> and, a, and a time far, far, far away. Nah, um, <laughs> In all honesty, we met 2006 in college. Um, I don't know. I must have was spilling myself that day. Like, we was in the library. Was and this the is, MD 2020? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was spilling myself extra hard. I think I was excited to be in college. Uh, I think this was even, like, the first week of school. If it wasn't the first week, it was the second. So, it definitely was the first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was in the library, mm-hmm. and I was being nosy as shit. Um, she, was on some, uh, she was on MySpace. And I was like, oh, word. Throwback. I, bruh, I know, right? I was like, word, you got a MySpace? I literally said this shit. I was like, word, you got a MySpace? I have a MySpace. You should add me. Don't know why I said that shit. Like I said, it must have been godly, divine must have been the Holy Spirit, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to know this person. And she kind of looked at me like, okay. Yeah, I, I'm extra stank, too. Like, oh. If I don't know you, I'm like, like, he was like, actually, he came up and he was like, um, because I was sitting at, um, like a cubicle or whatever. And he was like, oh, dang, I keep running into you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he sat no down at the seat beside me. And then so it's a barrier so that it separates the two computers or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's all on the other side of the barrier, all up in my cubicle. Dang. Right. He, he on a full court press, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that boy E. I mean, I guess I had something in mind, man. Carolina prodigy, baby. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's how it kind of started. Uh, we um we met. That was our first interaction with each other, and then she started hanging out with uh, a friend from Independence. I don't know if you remember this girl named Christy, Mm-mm. Christy that went to Independence. Um, so they started being real cool, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I know Ezel," and she used to be like. I know him because, you know, his name's rhyme with Gazelle, so he's <laughs> So, you know, um, a lot of people used to call me E or Ezel on campus, too. So we actually stayed in the same dorm, and we just kept running into each other until it was like, okay, so we know each other now. Mm. Yeah. That's a perfect example because of how she said how it started. Now, fellas, don't get this wrong. Now, some of them be giving y'all the stain face because they really don't want y'all. Exactly. Right, but. Right. That is a prime example of like, hey, you never know. Consistency is key on certain things because yeah. some, some, she may not have been feeling you in that time, but then as you started to grow on her, I mean, she looked uh, y'all married now, so apparently something changed, something I, clicked. And I had to grow on her because if you ask her, man, I used to be mad all the time. Like she used to be like, you always mad. Like I let her talk about that. Yeah, <clears throat> angry all the time. Just. I mean, honestly, if Christy had not have given him the cosign, I'd have still been like, oh, that's that dude. I was calling him Eddie because, 
I didn't retain his name that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he's right, we would see each other around campus. But if she hadn't gave that cosign and be like, "Oh, I know him from high school," it kind of made it like, "Oh, that's a real person. Like he ain't a creeper." Like she didn't have like a bad story to tell about him. Like, "Oh yeah, you better stay away from that dude." Yeah, it was like, "Oh yeah, he's real cool." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Okay." Um, so I think it was like, um. One night he was he was drunk on campus or whatever, mm, and then that MD right. <laughs> I probably still was. Probably was. I, 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 I was drinking that's when I was drinking beer then, so I was drinking a lot of trash. It was on that old so English. It was, and then <laughs> um, so I helped him out, um, got him to his room. So he was like, "Hey, hey that was he was so I was, right. I was slumped out, millionaire, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Extra I was slumped, and then um, he was like." Um, the next day, he was like, hey, I want to just thank you for, like, you know, taking care of me or whatever. Let's eat some lunch. Mm. So, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So we ate some lunch, and um, that's kind of how our friendship started. Mm. And so we were friends for, like. Three years, maybe. Yeah, because that was, that was freshman year. Yeah, we were friends for three years before yep. we even started dating. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So that was the friendship just starting, like, seeing him around campus, being like, oh, okay, if I if I see him out, I'm like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, hanging out or whatever around campus, um, seeing him at the campus shows and, you know, showing up to support him mm-hmm. for those kind of things. Um, as far as him being angry, I feel like it was just I, – I felt like I was just like that um, that safe space to be able to vent. About mm. things that you know, things Com- that what get, is it called? Confidence or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, confidence. Yeah, but it's just like that safe space, so he could just come, come and be like, "Look, this world right now is real shitty, and I just yeah. got to let that off my chest." Um, and then I think that's important to have, especially um, in a platonic relationship. I sure. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. Sophomore year, we were still friends. Junior year, I think we started getting people, like, hitting us a little bit. Like, Christy had hit me one time. So, same Christy who um, went to high school with him and that gave him the cosign. Mm-hmm. She was like, um, are you and E, y'all together? And I was like, girl, no, bye. <laughs> e? It wasn't like, uh, but it was more like, nah, that's the homie. Like, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. where we that's at right dog. now. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. It was, it was her. It was a couple of other friends that I guess seen chemistry that me and him were just literally ignoring. Mm. Like, at, at all times. It was at one point I told her I ain't believe in love. Yeah. I literally had a whole conversation with her. I was like, I don't believe in love because I never had a template. You know, my parents was divorced. All my families, all my aunts and uncle, they was divorced. I ain't have no friends that was stayed in like long term relationship. And then we was young, we was in college too, so you don't yeah, have anybody. You ain't think about that, really. Yeah, right. like high school and middle school relationship, that ain't real shit. I mean, it can be, but most of the yeah. time it's not. So I'm. I remember specifically having this long conversation with her. She was like, why not? I was like, man, shit is bullshit. And look at me now. And look who it's with. That's even crazier, right? Right. It's on some movie like Lifetime shit. Yeah. Some kind of full circle type stuff for real. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Once some fateful night at the end of sophomore year, that's when he got that first kiss in. 
Oh, shit. But that like boy. I said, still us, like both of us, like really ignoring those feelings. For real. Even after the kiss. Even yeah. after the kiss. Like mm-hmm. we was both like, oh, on some other, I'm still talking to other people. He's definitely still talking to other people. Um, we have a mutual friend. She was hooking um, Ezel up with her friend mm. at the time. And um, so it was just like, all right, we both got other stuff going on and still ignoring it up until we we just stopped ignoring it. Yeah. Really. And it was undeniable. It just got to the point where it was just so much chemistry and we couldn't, we could not deny it at, after a certain point. Yeah, mm. it, it happened at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Timing is everything. Timing is very key to a lot of shit. And it, what it sounds like with you two guys in particular, it was a, it really was like a slow burn where it was like you guys really went through every stage I feel like you should go through in a relationship. I mean, that was one of the flaws in mine where it was like I didn't even, I, I had a wife, but I didn't have a friend. Right. And so it's like that's that's very key in a relationship is to really know your partner. So by like when the dust settled up for us, when we were past that like, we got into like that two year mark. Um, we were both transitioning in our lives to where it was like, well, who is this person? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's very key as well because y'all been y'all been together, and I'm a, that kind of leads me to my next question to where, um, what what sustains what you guys have had? Is it because you guys started with that slow burn and you guys are truly friends? Because as life progresses, you do go, I'm like, he's not the same guy from five years ago, and you're not the same woman from five years ago. You change and you transition to where sometimes your partner doesn't, a lot of divorces because people just grow apart. Yeah. And so what has sustained that for you two and you, and you two guys' relationship? I think really uh, communication, communication is key. I always tell people this all the time. Like, man, this even when not just like a romantic relationship this isn't our partnership. This isn't like, you know, family communication is key because you got to let people know how you feel. You know, you mm-hmm. got to hear people out. You got to let people know if they're wrong. And you got to be able to settle things like like adults or settle things as friends or companionship. Have, have you supposed to do it? Um, I think that helped out a lot with just basically that and with um, just – I mean, just growing, like you said, that friendship thing was a big deal because we didn't even want to date at first because we didn't want to affect our friendship. Mm, yeah. But to be honest with you, I don't think I would want to date anybody. Let's say, knock on wood, which it's not. Let's say if, if me and her don't work out, I don't think I ever want to be with anybody if I wasn't friends with them first or if I didn't know them on that level. Mm. Because like you said, like, I don't want to be in <clears throat> walking the house of like, who the hell is this person, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I want them to feel the same way. Like, you know, she knew who I was before I even knew who, my, who myself was. Like, mm. and she saw me grow a lot. Like, I mean, a lot, a lot. So I really think that friendship built on that communication, that really played a part. Because, I mean, we definitely have our ups and downs, and we still do. Yeah. And we definitely had some times where it was like, what the fuck is going on? But um, I really preach on communication. Communication is very key. Trust and respect is another thing. Mm. You're not going to have anything built on that if you don't trust the other person and if you don't respect the other person. That's very key. Makes a lot of sense. You guys kind of give me hope in another relationship. That sounds pretty good. Like y'all, y'all sound. If you had heard his 
uh, I don't believe in love, you would have probably been siding with him. Like, yeah, dog. Oh, yeah, like, it was it was pretty convincing at the time. Like, oh, okay. But in all honesty, for someone like Ezel, who was so pessimistic, for him, to, I think he even looks at it being like, I can't believe that I'm in this situation married to anybody mm-hmm. at this point. So, I mean, I'm all, I feel like second love is also, um, it has a deeper meaning to it. What do you mean by second love? Explain. So you've already been married. So oh, okay. now when you're going into it, you're going into it with a whole different set of eyes. You're mm. going into it with a whole different perspective. Um, And the expectations that you have aren't um, as romanticized. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so. grew a lot. That makes sense. You're, you're, you're right. Because now I know myself more as a man as well and know exactly like, the give and take of, of a relationship mm-hmm. as a as opposed to when I got married when I was like 21. It's like <laughs> I'm still like figuring myself <laughs> out drinking, coming home drunk and still expect her to we do shit. We say that if we had got married too close to the time that we actually started dating, we would have been divorced by now too. Mm. It would have been a wrap. Yeah. We, <laughs> so we met in 06. We started dating in 09, but we didn't get married until 2018. So it had, we needed that growth for a lot of different reasons. Like you said, you out smoking and drinking and all of that stuff. Mm. So was he out to two, three o'clock in the morning. But the difference is that you have somebody at home. Your other friends, they're not married. They're not in long-term relationships or anything like that. So it takes a lot to go through that thing to grow to get to a point where even you want to be in a, a marriage. Yeah. So, second love is good yeah. as well. All right. I, I'll consider the second love. But for now, I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> out in the streets. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not even in the streets, man. I'm just in a, you know me. Yeah, I mean, sure. as as this has been, like I said, it's been a, a you know, it's been a bad 2020 for a lot of people. but it, And it's been a bad one for me. But in a lot of ways, it's been a therapeutic one as well. A very le- a lesson learned one. You know, me and you got closer in a brotherhood and that I feel like will last forever. You know, I'm meeting your wife. I see why you married her because it's like I can see, like, she's the cooler one. Like, like, she, <laughs> like she, I can see where the balance comes in. She's I'm not going to argue with you there. She really is. Yeah, I can see that. And that's very key in a relationship is to have that balance for one another. But, yeah, I mean, like, I don't regret 2020 at all because of, like, moments like this and experiences like this. And so you got to take even what you consider losses as lessons. I I preach that all the time. Um, Asking, going back to you, like, we have a new president now. We ain't going to go too heavy on this because we don't have too much political episodes. But I feel like we got to at least address the fact that we do have a new president of the United States. Yeah, this is not a political podcast. Mm -hmm. So, but go ahead. Um. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make you do the disclaimer, like, "Yo, this isn't a political uh, podcast." I, I, I could do it, like, but, no, this is really not a political podcast. We do have different artists and different people who come over here for their their different points of views, and we respect that, and we want people to hear it. We, this is a podcast for people to grow and people to learn and people to get educated. But mm-hmm. this is definitely not a political podcast. If you're looking for that. Tune into some other stuff. I might have some recommendation for you down the road, but this is as of late. Continue, my good man, Titus. Yes, yes. Um, I, I will ask that though. What What are you guys' thought as we're coming into November? I mean, we're in November right now. Um, I think the inauguration is in January, so we still got two months. Do you think some stuff's gonna kick off in two months? <laughs> like, I definitely do. Um, 
I definitely feel like it's going to be that point where we're going to experience some stuff from the 20, I mean, excuse me, the 2000 election between Bush and Gore. Mm. So um, that election came down to the state, that one county in Florida, right? But if they had recounted the whole state, it would have probably gone in favor to Al Gore. But mm. they didn't. They only recounted that one county. Wasn't Bush's like brother like the governor at that J- time or J. something? Yeah, Bush, I believe, right? Was um, it Jeb or yeah. it was like a conspiracy was, with that? Yeah. yeah, and then guess who else was a lawyer on that? I don't know. Uh, Amy, what's her name? Amy Barrett, the, the one that they just the, made the SCOTUS. Yeah, my ass was thinking Park and Rick. I was like, Amy <laughs> 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 nah, nah, but the one that just put on uh, the Supreme yeah, Court. So, and then there was um, a couple other lawyers that were on there that have been um, nominated to uh, Supreme Court justices as well. Mm. So. Uh, just as I can see that they've already filed the a lawsuit. So I'm not saying that that's what I hope happens, but I can see that they've already set up some things to go ahead and, um, uh, what's it called? Tell me, I don't know the word. Uh, what, veto it or I don't know, repeal it? Repeal it, yeah, um, because at this point, only AP has called it. Associated Press is the only people who've called that Biden and uh, Kamala Harris have one. But reliable source, though. It is a reliable is. source, and it is an independent source. Um, but I do feel like at the end of the day, um, you still have five states that have still declared a lot of undecided numbers. Mm. And so I feel like that is what's going to be the basis of the argument when it comes to uh, if Donald Trump will concede or not. What What are them niggas in Nevada doing, bro? You, I swear, you think I, they playing like uh, bingo <laughs> or some shit, bro? I was about to ask both of you that. Like, how does that happen? Like, I, what what has been the holdup? Why, why was it like that this year? I mean, I know, like, people are going to say, like, it was the COVID and it was, like, the mail-in ballots, but I feel like nah. all the states would have been like that if that was the case. I'm telling you, they doing they on the slots machines, bro. They, like, come in, like, for an hour. They're like, nah, we working for today yeah they're taking long lunch breaks or some shit but i don't know the memes on it is funny though like what they be doing Mm, yeah i've been enjoying the memes i mean but um but yeah i don't i don't think it's over until it's over let's let's keep it 100 um hopefully our system do what it need to do the the right way and go about it you know the, the systematic way that it should go by with no bullshit um i will say you do see a kind of a sigh of relief across the world, not just here, across mm-hmm. the world. Like, I know people, I know people in other countries who I talk to are just like, yo. Um, and if everything goes as planned, like, let's actually be happy that we're actually accomplishing something in history. We got a first female Asian African-American, well, Asian black American president. Like, that's that's a big deal, you know? So mm-hmm. you have women all over the world, especially women of color and minorities who can actually look up and be like, yo, I want to be a president. Like you really can be a president one day. Like that should be a symbol. Yeah. Um, same way how Barack was. So um, I look at it on the positive way like that. And also I look at a couple different things. I don't know if you watched Dave Chappelle monologue last night. Yeah, I did. I watched it. <sighs> so amazing. <laughs> it was good. It was, re- I mean, Chappelle's I, getting better and better with time. Bruh, oh yeah. The thing I like about Chappelle. And I think when I studied him, I think he said this too, when he studied other comedians, he teaches you with his stand up, right? It's funny, mm-hmm. but it educates you. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his last big stand up that he won an award for that, I think was on Netflix. 
it was very educational. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely tell people out from the outside looking in, like, this is some of the stuff we really go through. And he tell he tells it how it is. Like I think one of the jokes he said, like people he can only say tell the truth if it's in a joke. And he said a lot of truth in his jokes. Yeah, yeah. I remember we had went to one of the shows. He was like, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Jesse, Jesse Smollett? And he made like oh, that yeah. whole joke about Nah, I don't believe it. And he kept telling people it's not true. And then he was like, Yeah, Jesse Smollett say he he's the gay Tupac. He was like, He don't know if the, the real Tupac was gay. Mm. Everybody laughed at that. But then I'm kind of like, Is he telling us something that we need to know? <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna speak on a man, you know, because he passed away. But it's just like. Dave Chappelle is such a genius at what he does. He's going to always be my favorite comedian. And the day we lose him is the day you're going to see me just boo-hoo crying. But um, it was, it was very good. I think the world, I think especially the United States need to hear that. And I think we really need to get back to being United States. Like, yeah. it's, it's so much issues that we have going through every day. And you see a lot of people lost, like, friendships over this bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, I done blocked and deleted a bunch of Facebook friends for real. Yeah, I need to do that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to be respectful for everybody's opinion, but you know me, man. I'm all about the facts, the cold hard facts. So if you fact just, checker. Fact, you know, we, we was talking about that last night. Like, I mean, I fact check a lot of things because anybody can just spew bullshit. You can see shit online. You can see social media posts, but, like, where's the facts? Like, we should have something. You remember back in the day when we had to write papers and you had to, like, notate where you got your source and shit from? Mm -hmm. We I should have that. that shit on, like, videos or something like now. Like, you know, have your footnote. Like, where are you getting this shit from? Yeah. Because if you just saying this shit and it don't exist, you don't have any proof. We should have that when people just be posting these videos and shit like that. But, nah, um, but that's why I'm really big on facts. That's why I'm really big on trivia which also bring up a next topic of Alex Trebek passing away today. That was oh really yeah, that experience. was a bummer. Yeah, like, Je Jeopardy was my shit, man. I think Barstool actually posted something about when they had like the hip hop episode, and he was like, "Yo, I'm getting into this." When he was rapping mm -hmm. the lyrics, but yeah, that that was pretty sad. I mean, we lost a lot of people this week, and there's people yeah. even within the city too. So it's it's definitely been a sad week when it comes to that. Yeah, um, best game show host of all time. Yes, all time. Yes. All time. Yes. Even better than Steve <laughs> Harvey. Even better than what? Pac Sajak. I will say even better than who? Some of them. Louis Anderson. Yeah. Regis filming? <sighs> yeah. Re I like Regis better on uh, Good Morning America. Or was it Good Morning America? Yeah. Or, or Live with Regis and uh, Kathy. Like, he was cool on Who Want to Be a Millionaire. Mm -hmm. I think that one, like, um, British lady, I liked her a lot, who, like, goodbye. You know, the oh, one who. Yeah. yeah, the weakest link. Yeah, yeah, the weakest link. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, Alex Trebek is like uh, Bob. Bob Barker is pretty high up there too. Barker's up there, but uh, Trebek been doing it so long, bro. Like when you think of Jeopardy, you think of two things. You think of uh, I got to answer it with a question, and you think of Alex Trebek. Yeah, so, he's the goat. I'm, I'm just asking, just to ask and see what you guys' um, opinion was about that because I was thinking about it when he passed. I was like, yeah, like. I don't think of game show hosts without Alex Trebek. You can't, like, man. I don't even think of like all the people that you just named. Like it's he's he's right there. It's the same with me when it talks about when we were just talking about Chappelle, where it's like you've seen his growth, and then I feel like he's such a student of the game. Um, he polishes himself with like the greats, like the Eddies and the and the Carlins, to where 
he's getting to that level where he is separating himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I feel like Trebek did that because it yeah. was a time where, you know, all these guys that we're talking about, they were all together at the same time. And then as time went on, like, Trebek was the last one standing and still. Staying relevant. Yeah, that was his show. He put stock in that show. I was looking it up because me and my sister were really big on Jeopardy. I still watch it on Netflix sometimes. And Trebek was making like a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million an episode. Really, like, I believe so it. He was he was banking towards like the final years of his life. Like, I mean, he was banking already, but like that show was him. He was the face of that show. And when it comes to, I you like doing trivia? Because I love trivia. Man. I like trivia. I love trivia. I mean, this is why I like I'm that. not good at trivia, depending on it. But right. I still like do like I like Jeopardy. I'm not good at all that shit. But of course, I get excited like every black dude when it talks about hip hop in the nineties. And you're like, oh, I know this. <laughs> like, like, yes. <laughs> me and her was watching Sister Sister, and it's like that one episode where T and Tamara was on there against uh, the uh, Olsen, Olsen twins, Tamir. and they had to like do like these different trivia questions. Um, DL Hughley was the host on that one, which mm. is funny. But I, we was like, uh, damn, we ain't know that category. But I, we remember Tamara, which was the funny one. The category was Coolio stuff. And she was just knocking <laughs> it out the park. I was like, damn, this she's so full of Coolio knowledge. I always feel like, damn, I want to go on a show where it'd be like, oh, man, give me J. Cole knowledge. I'd be like, uh, yeah, 1985, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, Germany. Like, I just start throwing out random facts like that. But, nah, I'm I'm big on trivia. Before this bullshit, me and a couple friends, we used to go to um, a couple different places and do trivia We'll do trivia, regular trivia one night, and we'll do music trivia. But what made us dynamic is we was like the Avengers. We had somebody <laughs> who knew country music, somebody who knew alternate alternative music. I knew rap and like R and B, and then like we all know like pretty much like nineties pop. So like we yeah. was, we was a super team. We was ready for this yeah. shit. So. Y'all really did sound like the trivia Avengers out here in these streets, bro. I loved it, but unfortunately one of them moved away to Ohio. But anytime he coming to visit, he always be like, "Yo, you trying to go do trivia?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm trying to do trivia." <laughs> but you learn so much too, and this is why I tell people like. I love learning. Like, I love fact-checking stuff. And I love trivia teach you. Like, I actually encourage more people to participate in trivia. Like, this week, do some type of trivia. In the name of my man, Alex Trebek, do some type of trivia with your life. Yeah. yeah. Man, that was so well put. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that that was like an ending, but we're still going. <laughs> I know, right? We're still in it, man. Yeah, man. You know, you good at that shit. Hey, you good at some good like endings. Right. Um, you know, I live for that shit. Yeah, man. That girl, did you write that shit? Nah, <laughs> man. I, you know, I be bruh. She laughing because she know how I am, man. I'm. I'm I'm a zany person, especially around the house. Like I told you, like mm-hmm. I'd be making up songs, and she'd be like, "Why you stop rapping that song?" But I'd just be fucking around. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. So your pro e need to get back on the mic as well. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with a statement you made on a podcast, probably like two podcasts ago. Like he was uh, building that momentum, mm-hmm. and then he kind of just stopped. Like I know why, because on the other side of everything that was going on, like, um. With production and trying to find people who mm-hmm. want to give you quality beats and, you know, decent place to record. But still, like, yeah, I feel like if he got back on, he'd have a lot of stuff to say. Mm-hmm. And I think his pen game is better. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Spit something now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I rhyme, I rhyme. Nah, let me see. <laughs> I rip and I rhyme. I, I rhyme and I rhyme. rip. Die line, die line, die line. I like what he said about that too. What Chappelle was talking about with Chappelle show. That was and he was like, and I'm not getting a cent of it, <laughs> Bruh, But how he led up to that, like you kind of hung on every word. Like, okay, what he about to say? Yeah, and he was like, I'm not getting paid for not for a cent of that shit. And mm-hmm. you just he started. He laughing. got bought and sold more than his grandpa. 
bruh. You mm. That was funny. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. But nah, Chappelle, Chappelle is a genius, man. He'll always be a genius to me. He gave us people like R.I.P., like Charlie Murphy. He basically, granted, Charlie Murphy had a great career before, but he elevated Charlie Murphy's career because with them yeah. uh, true story shit, oh, my God, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. Charlie Murphy was my second favorite person on that shit, man. I was so sad when he passed away, and mm. how he did it, it was on some Chadwick Boseman thing. Like, he really didn't tell people he was sick. Yeah, he didn't. But if you look at Power, like, the last couple of episodes, he looked really sick. But he mm. kept that on a low. Like, I don't know, man. That, that was pretty sad, too, man. I mean, I, I hate losing people, period. But it's like people that so iconic and people who leave a mark in this world for us to be entertained and enjoy, which this crazy world we live in, it's always sad to lose somebody like that. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me with Charlie um, in the effects of kind of like um, with, Bernie, with Bernie Mac. It kind of oh, reminded man. me. Only in, only in a degree, and I'll explain why. Um, because when Bernie, of course, he did this, um, did this phenomenal stand-up run that he was doing that people knew about him but he was finally getting that crossover work where he was starting to you start seeing in, seeing him in the ocean movies and he yep. was getting what people would call like white people famous where he was getting like the crossover money All right and then he had this tragedy happen where he passes away and i feel like that was even like that was he was coming into his own identity as charlie murphy when he passed away because like he even said on the third season when Chappelle wasn't there he was like I thank Chappelle all the time. He was like, because if it wasn't for him, y'all motherfuckers still be calling me Eddie Murphy's brother. That's true. And so he was like, he was he was got out of Chappelle to get into his own lane. Was doing stand up with George Lopez and and um, uh, other greats, Mike Epps, when he passed away, and was finally making the brand of Charlie Murphy. Right to where I felt, I feel like honestly, if he didn't pass away, we would have seen him start to cross over like how Bernie was doing. Because Charlie could have had his own fucking show. He really could have, because he was funny, man. And one of the things that I enjoyed seeing him in, I don't know if you remember Cell Block 4, CB4? Classic Gusto. (laughs) (laughs) She laughed every time because that's like one of my movies. Like, one Halloween, I'm trying to dress up as uh, MC Gusto, but like, but what you was about to say, Mrs. E? That's a biopic. It is. Yeah, that's true because there's a lot of CB4s out here. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is. That's not even a fiction. So, speaking of that, do you want to move into uh, uh, what's going on in rap? Yeah, it's a lot going on in rap. It's a lot of tension. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of like, oh, you want to talk about the good or like? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's let's talk about it all. Real yeah, we can quick. talk about a little bit of everything. It's a lot that happened this week. Um, uh, at, fir- at first, let's I mean, start at home first because I know you put me on that one artist who did pass away. That young gentleman. Yeah, um, Sauce. Uh, R.I.P. to him. Um, young dude. I didn't know he was that young until I researched him later on. That he was only like seventeen. Yeah, that's very tragic. Mm-hmm. He passed away of uh, overdose. And um, was very well known here in the Charlotte community off of the strength of, like, the younger people that he um, worked with, like Zeta Goat. I don't know if you know Zeta Goat. But I do. He, he's, he's the son of um, King Carter. Kurt King Carter, yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was in that ring. He was in that little domain like that. And was originally from, um, I think, Winston Salem, actually, not too far from Greensboro. And um, I just overdosed, overdosed on drugs. I, I believe in Houston he passed away. And so that took a lot of people by storm in the Charlotte community because he came here so frequently. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much like uh, an adopted son of Charlotte. You know, Sporty already messed with him a lot. No Limit messed with him a lot. A lot of Charlotte, like local Charlotte legends, messed with him a lot. So my condolences to his family on that. And yeah, then, of course, we know about the the whole um, Chicago thing with Vaughn um, that caught people off guard. 
Um, yeah, man, it was a, it's a lot of death. Um, and, and unfortunately, we lost like two classmates or two people that went to Independence. Unfortunately, passed away. <clears throat> I know one of the gentlemen played football. He was really good friends with uh, one of my friends. The other gentleman I wasn't really familiar with, but I know he went to Independence as well. And then I had like a, a middle school classmate passed away. Like this, has just been a tragic week. Do you want to share the names? Um, I know the one gentleman name is Josh Sprack, uh, Josh Sprack or whatever. He 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 was like a linebacker. That sounds familiar. You know him if you see him. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be pronouncing his last name wrong. And then um, um, I don't know the other gentleman name and the other two names, but uh, my condolences is to – well, the guy I went to school with, I know his name was Anthony, but my condolences go to everybody basically who lost anybody this during this whole year because this is the worst time to lose somebody because some of these funerals you can't even attend. You yeah, know? and it's yeah. a lot of local people, and it's a lot of young people. Like I said, people our age, people we go to school with. So I mean, definitely, I send my prayers out to everybody who's listening, who we, who we did go to Independence with, or if you did know them, just from around the way, because a lot of them cats was like known on the east side of Charlotte too. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely send my prayers to y'all. Uh, definitely send my prayers to that family, um, to their kids. You know, because death, as much as people like, ah, oh, we celebrate death. It's still never easy. When people not physically here with us anymore, so oh no, not at all. That's what I and, and we talked about this off the podcast. Uh, when it came to just in uh, in relation to Vaughn and like his children, I was like, at the end of the day, like we still got somebody who's fatherless now, right? Still yeah. got a mother that's missing a son, and um, that's that's the things that I try to like pray towards. Not like when I say pray, I mean like pray for that family that's in mourning. You know, like we 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 ain't gotta speak too heavy on like what Vaughn's past was because we you can you people can Google it and know what he did, but with all of that, I don't wish like turmoil on people's families because of what somebody else did, right? You know, and that's one thing I don't like about social media that I did see is because even if it is like opposite like gangs, that's it's just horrible. I see why certain people cut their comments off because right. like some of the stuff that people say in people's comments when people die. It's straight demonic. It's, it's disrespectful. Ridiculous. I hate when people, especially when people speak on the dead, that person ain't even here to defend themselves. So whatever happened on this physical plane, you got to let that go, man. And yeah. just let that ride. Um, it's just sad because, like you said, so many people, I don't know, man. People people definitely have their nuts up when it's come to social media. Like people want to like say whatever they feel like they can say, and then that's what caused conflict in real life. Mm. But I think... I don't know, man. I think what social media became is wasn't what what it wasn't what it was intended to be. Social media was really supposed to be a way where you could communicate with people that you don't see every day. That you know you can talk to people, see how they're doing. But it seemed like now it's just more a bunch of gibberish and a bunch of bullshit, yeah. a bunch of hate, a bunch of lies, and all this other shit in between. So I don't know, man. I hope it get better. Um, but like I said, man, yeah, like. Bond was known like a Chirac legend, but like you said, those three kids, man, you know, it's, it's sad to see those three kids not have a father. Yeah. yeah, and all those people we just named, all under thirty, like that passed away. I mean, some of them are under twenty. I mean, I know Vaughn was twenty six, but Bram, um, shout out to like, I mean, my condolences to her family and shout out to her family, the Virginia girl that was twenty one, um, and then like I said, other dudes, he wasn't even eighteen yet, couldn't even buy cigarettes. Exactly, so, that's just sad to think about. It is, but it's part of life. It's a trend, you know. Life, you're born and you die. You, you just hate to see people not live to their potential. Exactly where they could have been. 
But um, dang, it was something I was gonna say. Oh yeah, because of the NWO shirt, the NWO, hey, <laughs> that was throwing me off, and it made Wolfpack, me think about baby something. Wolfpack. Nah. You made me think about something with the NWO shirt on that I was gonna change to, um, because we seen that it was announced that Austin's gonna have his own little um documentary. Oh, bro, and <laughs> that made me think about you and what your thoughts on that. You already know. I'm before I even tell you my thoughts about this, Mrs. E. Has became a wrestling fan within the past, what, like five, six, seven years? Okay. So let's talk about how, like, your growth into becoming a wrestling fan. Yeah, because my introduction to wrestling was uh, back in when I was, like, a little kid. So I knew who Hulk Hogan was, Mm -hmm. and I knew who The Undertaker were because it was, like, um, two kids that used to be babysat with this lady who used to just babysit in the neighborhood or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were the ones who introduced me to them to, like, wrestling and stuff. So they would be, like, doing the moves, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But after they were gone, my mom didn't watch that stuff. So besides, like, whatever is has transcended into pop culture. So, you know, uh, the suck it or whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't know <laughs> where it came from. I'm just like, why is all the boys talking about some suck it? Like, y'all need, y'all need to stop being nasty. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and then um, I, I I obviously everybody knows who The Rock and Stone Cold are mm-hmm. as far as when it comes to like they are just as big as Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan because yeah who cares about them but keep them. <laughs> right but you, as far as like if I was to tell my mom who has no idea about wrestling she if I said Hulk Hogan she knows Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. she knows The Rock. She knows uh, Stone Cold. That's why right? I told you they the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> exactly. So you have that kind of thing. So, so Bree, who would you have to say would probably be the fifth one? So you have to say the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers that people know who don't watch wrestling. You say Hogan, Flair, of course, Austin, and Rock. Who you think would be that fifth person? I feel like you got to go old like Andre the Giant. Thank you. I, I would I think more Taker. Whoo. I mean, it. The phenom. Right. I, I, I think it has like to be Taker, have, man. Over Sting? He has that. Well, you know, Sting is my personal favorite, but like Taker. <laughs> you say, hold up now. Taker, <laughs> Taker has that crossover media. Like like you said, I'm pretty sure if you ask somebody who's the Undertaker is, they'd be like, oh, I know who that person is. Compared to, yeah. I think people know who Sting is, but like if you ask yeah. like maybe like a tra- regular female, she'd be like, who? Taker was Taker was fucking global, bro. He was, and that's the only that is the only thing going back. You gonna hate this that I agree with with Book on that on that note. What Book said about the timing of when Sting came, like because of because of that, just because, bro, the marketing in in the nineties and the Attitude Era of the two thousands was flawless. Right. So just imagine a Sting in the Attitude Era. He would be just as big as Taker, bro. I agree. If he was one thing that league. helped Taker was being in that Attitude Era, and and taking and taking the Rock, Austin. That Attitude Era took those guys globally. Like, Do you think if Undertaker was on WCW, you think he would be as big as he was on WWF? No, no, I don't think so because their marketing wasn't the same. Right, they didn't they didn't have the same minds. They didn't have the same writing as it, like the writing in the nineties and the early two thousands was better to me personally. Right. And their marketing, Vince, Vince is a marketing genius. Say what you want about him. Like, like, like I don't agree with Dana White because Dana White was a pro-Trump supporter. But say, say what you want about him. He's one of the best 
pro- fighting promoters of this generation, like like Don King when it comes to UFC. But That's he how built his shit around wrestling too, though. If you look at it, if you look at yeah. how Dana White run his shit and how he try to promote fights. He'd be on that same. Yeah, show. he would. He would be lying to say that he didn't get influence from Vince McMahon. Like absolutely. Yeah, Vince McMahon, Don King, influx of that. Um, it takes a great mind to to do that because a lot of people think about it, but he actually put forth the effort to do it. Right. But yeah, I don't think I don't think Taker would be as big, just off the strength of that, um, the marketing aspect of it. And you said no, Mrs. Z. I still think Andre the Giant, as far as the Rushmore question. Okay, and why you say that? I just feel like um, that Andre the Giant persona had what people thought about wrestlers at the time. Like, even if you go and look at about his um, uh, his his size, his demeanor, even his outfit with the like one strap. Like you see that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see that still when you go back and look at like cartoons and stuff when they have wrestlers and such like that. Like, I feel like it was just something that you knew who he was. You knew he was a wrestler. It was, But he mm-hmm. kind of fit into that gimmicky kind of thing. I, if I said I was going to be a wrestler, I'd be like, y'all niggas not going to put me in a singlet, bro. Like, put me in a singlet. <laughs> like, that singlet, they, the motherfuckers be looking like the they be stinking. still be trying to pull it off. Yeah, like, that singlet <laughs> shit be trash. I'd be like, put me in a regular shirt, like on some mm-hmm. Kevin Owens shit. I know you say you don't like him, but put me in some regular yeah. shit. Yeah. It only Dre, only Andre could pull that shit off. Yeah, that's of it. Because he like, was so big. Yeah, yeah. And his he he literally was a giant. He went with the his face. He had that disease. Like mm-hmm. his face even looked gianty. Right. It was just yeah. like he looked like somebody they found in the woods. It was just like <laughs> yo, like come wrestler for us. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like yeah, he, he, really he lived up to being like a wonder of the world. Well, yeah. and especially around that time before cats were getting big like that. Like mm-hmm. people weren't working out like how they were working out now or in the nineties and stuff like that before steroids. He was looked at as like an awe figure. Yeah, yeah. so like he was the ninth wonder of the world, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Vince owes him owes him a lot. He does because he definitely made that organization what it was. Mm-hmm. So with you, Mrs. E, you feel like what really kind of got you into wrestling besides watching it with me? Like what made you? What stood out to you was it you consider like the female wrestlers? No, it was not the female wrestlers at all. Mm. Um, you know, you see China, and I felt like China. She had that that um persona and then she was rumbling with the guys and stuff like that so it was like okay she feels like a wrestler but all the other divas came out there and they're basically bitch slapping each other Mm. pulling each other's hair right um even um i remember you know how they always have the contracts the your contracts about to end and you getting fired kind of matches or whatever Mm -hmm. so bella twins came out and at the time um what's homegirl's name She's an older person. She ain't been on it for a long time. Sable? Nah. Trish Stratus? Uh, black girl. Uh, uh, Layla? Uh, Layla. So Layla comes out. Uh, Bella Twins have the belt. She come out and was like, all right. She pins them in like three seconds, and then the match is over. The mm. whole segment is over, like the whole <laughs> diva segment. And it's just like, wow. So honestly, I didn't start rooting for the women until – the four horsemen or women came through. So Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, mm-hmm. um, Bailey. Bailey. I don't like Her Bailey least all favorite. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, because even them coming through gave Naomi a shot. And yeah. Naomi's my favorite, you know. And then um, – Bree be on her Issa Rae. She go for all the black. I, I root mm. for all the black people first. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then everybody else started to get that shine. So it's like um, – 
for for me, it really was, I would say, um, Shawn Michaels, when he came back and we started seeing him, that was like a pull in for me. Mm, yeah. And then the GOAT, man. One of the best. Yeah. He it's the, you know, that's my favorite of all time. And then I would HBK. say when they formed the New Day and brought in Xavier Wood. Yeah. Because the New Day with Kofi and Big E doing that clapping gospel shit, I wasn't feeling that. And <laughs> I was like, what is this? Ezel knows I hate when they try to exploit black people doing yeah. traditional black people stereotypes. So that That's why whole, you don't like Booker T. It is why we don't like Booker T. Mm, she said, wait, wait, <laughs> we don't like Booker T. Yeah. I don't like that mug either. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I feel like Booker T definitely is one of those um, guys who is an old school company man. So he he knows how to play it by the book, but I think he plays it so much that he for, that he kind of others himself. Yeah, it's from, ridiculous. It's disgusting to yeah. watch. So, but um, that new day when they brought in Xavier Woods, like at first it was like, what is this? Like they doing too much. <laughs> right, we was like, what's this bullshit? Yeah, yeah. It, but then like just to see how they were able to like really um, come out in these unicorn uh, outfits and be heels because that's what really just started driving um, the fan base. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I didn't like the new day back like. Right. When I first seen him, I didn't fuck with him. I was at like, all. these guys are corny. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> really? And right. so then they started great building though. that heat up um, from them. And then um, even like the Usos, like now I'm, I really like the Usos. When they first came out, they were in their traditional garb and then doing the uh, Hawaiian dances and stuff like that. And yeah, they, they grew on up, me. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like here. them at first either. But like, I fuck, they I fuck with them hard. They were just like a, a, an additional tag team. Like. We met them in person too. And that yeah, was cool as shit. Cool. This one right here, Mrs. E was like, we should go talk to him. We went to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And they came to the gym we was at. And I'm like, nah, I don't like bothering people when they work out. She was yeah, like, nah, if you're going to talk to such and such, it's another celebrity I met a while back. I don't really want to say on air. But if you're going to talk to that person, you better talk to them. So I'm like, all right. So we walk over there, and you you hear how sometimes she can be quiet. So she's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they kind of looking at her like, like, and I'm like, damn, now I got to talk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all right, let me get over there. Like, like, so I'm like, I was like, hey, man, you know, we really appreciate y'all. You know, we're huge fans. And, you know, we're coming to the show because I had a show that night, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, y'all, y'all coming? And I was like, yeah. And um, it was like, you know, I've been following y'all since day one. Like, you know, Uso, Penitent- uh, Uso Penitentiary. And that was damn. like, damn, that's like, you down with us like that? That's like, oh, y'all trying to get a picture? Um, we was like, nah, we ain't trying to get a picture because, you know, we see y'all working out. We ain't want to bother y'all. We just want to give y'all y'all flowers. Yeah, that was yeah, like, nah, this- man, get in this picture. And I was like, word. And that was, was like, yeah, man, y'all cool as shit. Yeah. And ever since that day, if you ask me who my favorite tag team of all time, it's going to be them niggas. Because, really? Yeah, I mean, because you all time, about, All time now. <laughs> yep, all time. And it's because... You got to think about it. Sometimes when you do meet your heroes and when you do meet celebrities, they be so on that bullshit. And it was rumors that the New Day were, uh, no, not the New Day, actually the Usos was on that bullshit. I had, like, read articles about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, bro. After that day, that interaction, because they didn't even have to talk to us. You know, they was in the middle of their workout and stuff like that. Like, I will buy your brand. I will buy your stuff like that. And I remember the Miz said this in an interview. He said he remember meeting a baseball player when he was a kid and he waited 
forever to meet this baseball player. And the dude was like, fuck off, kid, or some shit like that. Mm. And he said he make it a big deal for him to talk to every person in the room or every fan because he never want to disappoint a fan like that. And you got to mm. think about they regular people. So I want to win in the bathroom. And, like, if he was taking a shit, like, hey, but yeah, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah. But, like, it's, it, that just, just was cool. Um, I met Baron Corbin in that same gym. And, like, I ain't fuck with him because I don't – I mean, he's cool, but I don't really care. Yeah. But he had gave me the bench he was on. I was like, oh, thank you, Baron Corbin. And he kind of looked at me. Yeah. And I looked at him, but I don't, I don't want shit from you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? I, I'm, I'm acknowledging who you are. Yeah. I just wanted you there. to know I see you out Yeah, there. I, I see you in yeah. these streets. Like, he was he was pushing 315 like it wasn't shit. But, you know, okay. I mean, I, I can get up there, too. Yeah, there yeah. Too. I see you. I see but, you over but, there. But, like, but nah, you know, um, but, yeah, Ever since that day when we met them, we I was met a fan. Xavier Woods too. We met, yeah, we met Xavier Woods too. I think he had, had the hots for her because he, as mm. soon as we walked in, he was like, "Hey, nice shirt." And he kept talking to her, mm. and I was talking to him. He was on his phone. He was like, "Yeah, oh uh, yeah." <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, but what about your lady over there?" But nah, and we met. Um, <laughs> I think one of our best interaction too was with Trish Stratish because I had a childhood crush on her. Right? Yeah. But when we met her, she was so cool. But what made it even better, I think that she saw that, you know, a woman who was into wrestling, mm-hmm. she basically had like she talked to us for a while and her yeah. and they had a really good conversation. Yeah, I mean, she was really cool about a lot of stuff. Like, um, you can see her growth too. Like basically because she was in that uh hair grabbing, slapping yeah. kind of era as well. So even she loves where the women's division has gone to see that they are actually um, real wrestlers. They work out. They work twice as hard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like hella hard. Um, we went when we went to one of the live shows here in Charlotte. It was Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, and they were hitting each other with their kendo sticks. And when you saw them walk past. You could see the welts on Sasha Banks' leg from getting whooped, her ass whooped with that kendo stick. Yeah. So, that was one of the best live matches. Yeah. yeah and it's like you see them. Right. Exactly. And so even like uh, Chris Jericho is one of my favorites now. Like I feel like he really just has that um, persona and he's adaptable. Right. Yeah, like, I respect with Jericho. all the time that he's there. Even like him being one of the older cats in AEW. You also have seen him do stuff um, on the commentary table. You've mm-hmm. seen him. You probably you can see that he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, I like the uh, documentary. Um, oh, he's the one who's really be uh, the dark side of the, the ring. The dark side of the ring. I, I think he's. I think he's like an executive driving, producer. He's um, the driving force of that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a great show. That's a yes. great show, bro. That New Jack one. <laughs> that's still probably my favorite one. It is my. I favorite I had to one. ask my daddy if he knew him because my daddy be hanging around crazy niggas like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's from Greensboro too, bro. Yeah. That oh, nigga was shell, bro. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I, I I did coke right before the match. Yo. Yeah, New Jack's fucking in my fucking infinite number one. But like, <laughs> like, like he's infinitely number one, but like I ain't gonna put him in like the wrestling like. Um, my Mount Rushmore, but like mentally, yeah. he is number one. He like, was a nigga, nigga, right? right yeah, right. just off of his nigger though. Like, alone, <laughs> like, he's not, he's not, and him just not giving a fuck. Please, yeah. if yeah. you have not watched that, even if you don't like wrestling, I recommend checking it out. 
called Dark Side of the Ring. I'm not it's getting paid Vice. for this bullshit. It is on Vice. <laughs> <laughs> I should be, right? It, it is on Vice, and it's on YouTube, too. It's the one with New Jack. Like, you'll understand, like, it's a lot that goes into wrestling, but it's, it's definitely entertaining. And if you watch it, send me a message on Instagram, and we can talk about it. Yeah, facts. Speaking of something else that um, a lot of people don't know because they're not behind the scenes, that takes a lot of work and to get into is creating shows. I know you are a insecure fan, and yeah, he kind of he kind of made me think about it when he was talking about um you vote for everything black, <laughs> <laughs> just like Issa did, and then she was like, nah, except Kanye now, fuck Kanye. <laughs> right. So in that case, with that being told, I, I take it that you're pro Lawrence like myself, right? I'm not pro Lawrence. I knew you were. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that Lawrence Hive all day. This man. is what we all been waiting on for, folks. This is the right. real. We, we we was talking about this all week, so I can't wow. wait to talk about this. I, was, I said, I ain't, I ain't, I've been debating niggas on here way too much, so I'm gonna try to go mm-hmm. prove to me, or don't you don't even gotta prove to me why why pro Issa. So I can't necessarily say I'm pro Issa. Okay, so we're but you're definitely about, not Lawrence. I can't say that I'm pro Lawrence either. So if we're so we got four seasons down, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about the Daniel situation, Issa mm-hmm. was wrong in the situation because she cheated. Yeah. But Issa was not the destruction of the relationship. Okay. So when show opens up, you already see that you got Issa and Lawrence in a relationship that clearly needs to have been watered a lot, and it's not being watered. Mm-hmm. Like, Lawrence is out here. He doesn't have a job. Um, He didn't remember her birthday. Now, I could see if they've only been in a relationship for a year and you don't remember your girl birthday. But yeah. five years in and you don't yeah. remember your, your girl birthday, that's pretty trash for a dude. Um, And then and then the next day, so, so he forgets her birthday, so she went out with Molly and then the next day, he's in the store trying to buy a card. So, dang, dude, you ain't even buy a card. Like, <laughs> at all. That is some like, shit. Yo, she giving me flashbacks. <laughs> oh, oh that, like, that was funny. That's that's funny, though. Right. Like, now, I will say that Issa, on the other side, like, she did not handle that situation well at all because mm-hmm. she wasn't talking to Lawrence. But, um, and Issa and I can uh, attain to this, the fact that, there are points in your relationship, especially when things aren't necessarily like the puppies and rainbows in it, and it really starts to get hard. It also gets harder to talk to your um, significant other. Yeah. But um, for her to, um, I felt like she handled the Daniel situation wrong. Like, okay, yeah, you slipped up, you messed up. and But when he was trying to talk to you, all you had to be like, it's like, dude, I'm sorry, da 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 da. But nah, you waited and avoided him, ghosted him so much that he showed up to your event, mm-hmm. and that's how you really got caught. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Now. I ain't like that Daniel nigga either though. Yeah. You didn't Daniel fuck with him. Was trash. Nah, he Daniel was trash. He was trash. I'm gonna tell you why he was trash too, real quick. But she knew that. that he was he he was a trash ass nigga because he already knew what it was. I mean, he knew what she was into. One. That nigga was, was the right. ex though. <laughs> He was the ex, but he still was trash for that then. You stupid. Then he <laughs> did show up for, like, that bullshit. He know he wasn't supposed to be there. And then I ain't like him as a producer. And my issue with him as a producer is because 
Issa was trying to like encourage him to get on and sell beats and make these type of beats. And this nigga was like, nah, I'm going to make these <laughs> shitty beats that nobody can rap over. Like, no, bro. And I, I used to argue with a friend of mine who hey, I, I believe he's a great producer. And mm-hmm. he knows. I hope he listened to this. Cause What's his name? Jay. <laughs> I'm not going to say your full name. Um, but Jay, he's he, actually he's. He was my best man in my wedding. Shout out to Jay. Um, we still gonna talk about that other thing in that other episode. But um, but no, Jay was a great producer. I still think he has potential to be a great producer, and I tell him this all the time. But it was times where I was like, "Bro, just make if you got to make whatever beats, well, whatever in the mainstream right now and what's current, make those beats. So then you can work with those artists and you can make those beats for those specific artists." Yeah. Jay wasn't trying to hear that. I still think he's a great producer to this day, and I will tell that to him, to him to his face. But, you know, I mean, everybody is sensitive about their art. I know I am. Yeah. When I shoot, like, photography and shit, I'm very sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. When I do my videos, sensitive about that, rhyming, all this and that. But, so sometimes it don't help hearing the outside voice kind of telling you what to do with your work. Yeah. But I I still think he has potential, and I, I don't know where that potential at now, but I see it in him. I think he's a, he was a great producer, but Daniel was refusing to do that shit, so I was like, ah, nigga, you trash for that. Yeah. Because I mean? he kept trying to put off that whack-ass beat. I'm like, bro, that shit lame, man. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back into it, and, and Issa does a really good job at um, um, writing the emotions and the development of these all these different characters, she did a phenomenal job and whoever else helped her out with this show. Yeah. Because he reminds, I think that's why you probably got so angry at Daniel because he probably reminds you of Jay. I think he probably feels like you relate to some of these characters so much. Like I relate to Lawrence because I, I went through a Lawrence phase. I like, we, like, she I, say that all the time. Yeah, she felt yeah. like I used to work at Best Buy at one yeah. point. Every real <laughs> nigga went through a Lawrence phase. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I worked Every in IT, yeah. girl has felt like Issa yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And I do think that it, like you said, she encompasses those emotions really well. Mm-hmm. But and the situations for sure, because like I said, I can't necessarily say that. Um, Issa or Lawrence in that situation, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Lawrence was the shittiest person because, I mean, you do get down on your luck and you do need somebody to sit and support you, but there's also a checks and a balances in a relationship as well. So, my dude, if you don't got no job, least you could do is remember my birthday. Yeah. least you could do was um, have food cooked when I get home and it and it doesn't sound like that was what was happening. Yeah. Like, what he trying to push like that shitty ass app or whatever. Right. And yeah. so he was um at that point um he was denying jobs and like basically um fucking interviews up so that because they weren't living into the purpose of what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that's cool when you have um, some leverage, right? Like, I feel like now in the series that we see in season four, Issa got a little bit more money up under her belt. She's in a better place. So she's she's in a place where she can support. But when she was at, we got y'all, it looked like she was barely able to pay the bills that yeah. she had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you got a, a, a significant other who's sitting at the house and not working and not bringing in any additional money besides whatever is probably whatever the minimum is to pay the part of his rent that he needs to pay. They had yeah. that shitty ass belch. 
Right. That yeah, 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 I forgot about that. That was a rough season financially for them. Yeah. Right. And so shit, we've been there in real life. Exactly. Though. But imagine the also that pressure that you have. So not only do we have financial pressure, we both not in a space that we want to be. And then you also are putting this cherry on the uh, cake because you're not putting any kind of work into the relationship. Mm. So here I am like, dang, homie didn't even remember my birthday. I go out, I see Daniel, like, now that's where Issa was wrong because she was following him on Facebook and she saw that he was going to be at that place and yeah. brought Mo- Molly over to that place Yeah, or whatever. Um, but it's like she also was taking a chance because Daniel could have posted it on his Facebook and not have been there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he was and then. She was hoping for that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm like, you can't necessarily say that she was – guiltless at all in this whole mm-hmm. thing like she definitely was putting herself in a situation she definitely opened herself up to be in uh those situations that she was mm-hmm. so but then further down the line you see like okay you also see Lawrence uh do the revenge sex a scene with uh Tasha mm-hmm. or whatever so it's like, oh, all the guys are cheering about it like oh yeah he finally got his revenge that or got, whatever. that got me into the show <laughs> you said that's where you got fully invested. Uh, he was like, he seen the back shots and was like, "Oh, what you watching over here? Oh, what's that going on? <laughs> what's going on over there?" Right. And so it's like you see that, but then you see how he treated Tasha. Yeah, yeah he was you treating her like shit. Yeah, he so was. Imagine dog um, shit, but right. they but they wasn't like compatible at all. It though. doesn't matter. She was just his rebound. Yeah, I was about to say that was strictly rebound though. Yeah, like, he he knew that like that was strictly. That was strictly rebound for him, and that was that was that was just Lawrence like getting that out because he, he not yeah. saying it was right. Mm-hmm. It's not, but you can see that. You even said that the it was effort, right. Not, no, it wasn't right. Uh, even that effort that he was with, like yes, he she was a rebound, but then even like sometimes you go to rebound, you still taking them out to eat and stuff. Nah, he wasn't even giving that to Issa. They wasn't going out to eat. They wasn't going on dates. So he's not even taking a rebound on a date. So if you see that he's not even putting any kind of effort to make her feel special, imagine the relationship he just left. Mm-hmm. So why did him and um, what's her name, Condola, whatever? Why did they break up? Do we know? Did they really say why they broke up? Um, because uh, Lawrence was on that slide back with Issa, and she could feel them vibes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought like what she said. It had to do with Issa and the return of. Her getting more prominent into his life. Yeah, um, especially after that. Um, and then they had that um, Thanksgiving episode where Lawrence was with Condola, and they also saw that they weren't on the same page of, like, progression. Like, even if he could see something going forward, she's coming out of a divorce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's something that you're not going to put – as a woman, you're not going to put yourself back on the line in that way. Yeah. After a divorce, to be like, oh, some t- something long term with this dude, and I know you got feelings with your ex. Like, nah, yeah, that's not not even up. about to be fully invested in this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do like the progression going forward with Issa and Lawrence, even with like the season four uh, plot twist with Condola expecting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you see that they have both grown and matured to a spot where they are able to communicate. That's bringing what Ezel said in earlier, that communication, putting all of that stuff on the line, right? Issa has said 
there would be days where she'd go home knowing that Lawrence would be sit, still sitting there on that couch. And so she'd just drive around for a couple hours before coming home because you don't want to come back home to that. It's funny. I know niggas who be on that shit, too. Yeah. And so it's sad. In real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I got a question for you. Do you think that they can make it work for him actually getting somebody pregnant? Like, that's say, you know, in a whole another universe, me and you not together. That's say if you was in that same predicament, how would you handle that? That's a hard. That's a hard situation to be in because um, they back in. Th- they're back in it, but she. They're not so invested where she doesn't have an out, and um, that's the life that she wants with Lawrence. Right? She don't have no kids with Lawrence. She wants to build that. She wanted to be the one that has, and nobody want to see. Um, that game situation pull out again, right? Melanie and Derwin and Janae, that's going to be that type of thing right there. You always are going to be the wife com- uh, competing with the baby mama. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know, like everybody saw Melanie sitting there trying to get married before Janae had the baby. Yes, that was you know forced too. Yeah. Like you used was, to watch the game with uh, Derwin uh, The early years of it, I, I fell off base of it. Yeah, I fell off probably, like, well, I think we both fell out, like, after. Once um, it came off the CW and went to BET, I probably watched, like, two episodes, and then I was off. Yeah, that's when I transitioned out of it. CW, I mean, and it's really dope how they, Netflix has added some classic CW shows on there, like, Half and Half, and I'm rewatching Half and Half right now, Half and Half and um, Girlfriends. I'm not rewatching Girlfriends, but that was an era of great black television. It was. CW doesn't get a lot of credit for um, but yeah, I got off of it once it went to fucking BET. Shout out to BET, but uh, yeah, I, I just <laughs> I just didn't feel like keeping up with it no same, more. Same, same. Yeah. One question I did want to ask you before we close things out in a little bit, still dealing with insecure, is uh, what are your thoughts on the relationship and the transition with her now with um with Molly as as their relationship as you see in season four got a little rough around the edges. I think that it's important that we see more examples of black women and their friendships. Because Molly got a lot of shit going on. Molly has a lot of stuff going on. But in all honesty, you can't necessarily say that Molly is 100% wrong. Like, Molly does a lot of stuff to be like, girl, like her sleeping with Dro. Like, girl, mm-hmm. why you believe Dro and his crooked self? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, but at the same time, you see Molly really trying to take this relationship seriously. And she does. She's never done that before. So some of the boundaries that you're setting for your friend, who if, at the end of the day, Issa is that begging ass friend. She is on that Felicia stuff, especially with Molly. Always got a hand out. Always want a favor or whatever. So, um, but at the same time, you see Issa really um, trying to put together something like the uh, that festival that she was putting together at the end. Yeah, Molly and, was out of pocket for that shit. Yeah, yeah she was really out of so pocket. So it's kind of like you can't be mad at people for setting boundaries, but there has to be some kind of um, ease into that as well because it was just like, no, you, you can't. I'm not helping you at all in this situation, not even listening to what it is, but also they're not talking about it you know mm. and i feel like it it doesn't it wouldn't matter because i mean we i've been through that in my own friendships where you just are going through different things at different times and it's going to take you guys to get over those humps for you guys to be able to see where the other person is coming from 
Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and I think that is important to see that, like, because you see, like, we were just talking about the era of great TV. You see um, girlfriends, but a lot of that stuff always was stemming out of jealousy when they had their fights, right? True. Um, Joan is jealous of Tony for getting married. Tony is uh, jealous of Joan for having a steady career. Um, they was jealous of Maya because she was the married one. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They jealous of Lynn because she this free person that get to do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, you don't see it where you have the perspective of both people not necessarily being right, but not necessarily being wrong and being able to work through a problem like that. Because it is like that's a big friendship. Like they've been friends for forever. So how do you get over those humps? Yeah. Um, and so I think this is really important for us to see that. And I can't wait to see how they make it work in season five. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that with Issa, um, she has to be able to stand on her own, right? And Molly has to understand that boundaries can't be controlled, like, you can have your boundaries. I think it's great to have boundaries, but you can't just be like, oh, I'm just cutting off you right here, right now. Like, it has to be an ease into that kind of stuff because yeah. people are still people. Like, you can't have – if Ezel tell me tomorrow I can't kiss him on the lips no more, I'm going to be like, but why? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If he's not communicating that with me about what it is, I'm going to I'm gonna feel offended and then I'm going to still keep pushing the button because – you're not communicating to me why this is something that you need yeah. going forward. And Molly did a bad job of doing that. And then on the fact of that, it, it erupted like that because the bad job of communication where she should have been addressed it. And then her and having such a long period of her life of being independent mm -hmm. and doing stuff on her own. And when you do stuff on your own, like how Molly has done and accomplished uh, you don't want to hear about no compromise. Exactly. You don't. You like she wants to when she cut stuff off because she's so so she, she's so independent and a lot of single people do that. They mm -hmm. cut it off instantly because they're like, I don't got to deal with this shit. Right. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Like no, nah, like if I'm not adapting to what I'm telling you to do. Mm -hmm. And she has to, like you said, to learn how to do that gradually as a as opposed to like you don't have to burn a bridge completely. Right. Right. Like you can still, like I said, I, I totally agree with the boundary that she set for yeah, her to be like, sure. don't use Andrew. But to Issa, you see, she was like, well, I won't use Andrew through you because maybe that's what you don't want it to be. So I'm going to use Andrew through um, Nathan, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like to Issa, she didn't do anything wrong, but she needed that connect to get what she needed because um, whoever else had fallen off and he was that connect that she needed. And so I think it was schoolboy Q who was supposed to be I born. think so. I think. And then she got Vic. Yeah, yeah Vince, she ended up getting Vic, Vince. and I think it was Schoolboy. I think no, she got Vince Staples. She it was Vince. Have. It was Vince Staples, and yeah, I feel like Q, it, it, Q Boy originally. Yeah, it supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. So it anime was funny on there too. Say that one more time. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting static. But I know you're talking about. Yeah, anime the um or whatever his name, the rapper, the he rapper. was funny on there too. Because that was um who Kelly was talking to yeah. with that British accent. Yeah, Kelly yeah. is my. She is one of my favorite. Like Natasha Rothwell is uh um. An unspoken gem for real. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, she's funny. She's very good comedic relief on that show. Yes, yes. Like, I even remember, y'all remember she was on Wildin' Out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, for her to have that, and she used to be a teacher. 
So with that progression of being a school teacher to leaving to go to Hollywood to be a stand up comedian, being on Wildin' Out, and then now a writer on Insecure. That's that's good. I'm just gonna yeah. say a nigga like me trying to be an IT person who goes into Hollywood and be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's make right. it happen. Twenty twenty one, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Miss E, we loved having you on the show today. It was a great uh episode. Um do you, what do you have? Do you have Instagram or something like that? You 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 like a you unicorn to us. Right. Like, I am. <laughs> well, well Instagram, whatever she has is is um What's the word? Non-disclosed? Nah, so, yeah. <laughs> y'all don't need to worry about that. Y'all want to hear Miss E just continue to listen to this podcast where we bring her back. Yeah, uh, we like, could definitely we, see her We definitely got to have her come back as a re- as a reoccurring guest because we got plenty of stuff to talk about. And it's always a good thing to hear kind of a woman point of view on different things. Cause I know a lot of times people are like, bro, what are these two niggas talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, when you actually have like a woman point of view, I think it gives the audience something different, a, a different like flavor, you know. And I'm pretty sure the women that listen to this be like, yes, queen. You know how that is. Yeah, it's refreshing. So, so, yeah, it's refreshing. So, I mean, I definitely think Mrs. E will come back. Yeah, and thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. No doubt. This is As of Late. Yay!